Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The White House is, you know, if they don't raise the debt limits, White House is telling federal agencies to begin preparations for a shutdown. Nobody thinks this is a good idea. Except maybe that Brian Laundry guy. Uh, he's like, no federal marshals? Sweet. Wow. wow. Well, you must be following that story. It's all anyone cares about. Is the missing white girl and the, this, this Brian Laundry guy, where is he? The FBI is asking anyone, if you have any idea, clues, or whereabouts, please make a podcast. That's some good commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill Maher, we played a clip of him earlier because on Friday night's show he was complaining about how liberals are pushing segregation, uh, particularly universities where uh, they have different graduations depending on your race and now dorms. It's very popular. And we got a text from an old co-worker, actually, who I'm shocked to find out as a kid in college now. Uh, time goes by too fast. But anyway, this person said, listening to the show about segregation, I was signing my kid up uh, in the dorms at a university and I had to answer, what community would you like? I didn't know what that meant, so I called. We had a choice of black, Hispanic, or LBGTQ. I had to ask, what do I choose if I don't want a community? Wow. Like you just want the, you know, it used to be that part of the whole going to college experience was getting thrown together with a whole bunch of people you've never been around before in your life. And, and I remember various people saying, you get more of an education from that than you do from the classroom. they mixing with people you wouldn't normally mix with and blah, blah, blah. I think there's a hell of a lot of truth to that. And now they're going out of their way to make sure you only are around people of your own race. Right. And then they rigorously ensure that you all think the same. That's something. Yeah. Beautiful. Anywho, we're going to talk more about that tomorrow, actually. Um, so I'm reading the New York Times book review on Saturday night. It's one of my favorite things to do. It's my tradition in my own little life. I don't cotton a book learning. Um, it's actually the fastest way to know something about books without actually having to read them, is to read the review of the book. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a book out called You Bet Your Life. From Blood Transfusions to Mass Vaccination, the Long and Risky History of Medical Innovation. And I don't think it's probably an accident that that book is coming out now. But it gets into uh, some of the reasons some of you won't get the vaccine. For instance, the polio vaccine that, when they rolled it out, was given people polio, which is one of the most tragic things that's ever happened. You get your kid vaccinated for polio, and they get polio. Oh, how awful would that be? Wow, did that happen much? Uh, it happened way too much, yeah. yeah it, had li- it had live uh, polio. Uh, what do you call it? It bacteria was, it was, virus virus just just it, enough to provoke yeah. an immune response yeah but theoretically. It was too much and it didn't work all the time and so yeah uh, lots of kids who got an, uh, uh, the shot for the polio vaccine ended up getting polio so and that's the excuse like when we had mike slater on um from kfmb in, in san diego that was one of his examples of why he doesn't get the vaccine but anyway getting away from that this is this is not about that this is this is more entertaining than that i'm, I'm sorry i even got off on that it's a book about the history of medical innovation. And uh, let me read a little bit from it. I think you'll find this entertaining. For most of human history, anesthesia did not exist, which is horrifying to think about. Patients had to be forcibly restrained while their limbs were amputated and their cancers removed, typically amid piercing screams and unbearable agony. Yeah, sounds about right. Things did not start to change until the 1840s. 
when a carnival barker named Gardner Colton charged people 25 cents to sniff laughing gas, also known as nitrous oxide, which made them <laughs> fall down in hysterics and then sleep for a few minutes. Wow. So he'd be standing the car at 25 cents, which had to be in the 1840s, like a yeah. lot of money. Wait a minute. That's, yeah, that's a fair amount. Sniff the laughing gas, and people would do it, and they'd roll around on the floor, and people watching would find it very humorous and everything like that. Well, on December 10th, 1844, a dentist named Horace Wells attended the show. And soon after attend, uh, inhaling the gas and making a fool of himself, he told a friend that a person could probably have a tooth extracted or a limb amputated and not feel any pain. Ding! So the dentist sought out the guy who was selling it just to make money immediately after the show. And the very next day, he became the very first person, this dentist, to use nitrous oxide as an anesthetic in the world. Wow. He asked a fellow dentist to extract one of his own teeth. Gee, many, that's commitment. And the procedure was painless. I'd yeah. say you're committed to proving something. If you take a little sniff of it and say, I'm going to sniff this grass, and then I want you to pull out one of my teeth to see if it hurts. What now? <laughs> and he didn't feel anything. Wow. Man, but that, that predates the Civil War, and I know there was a lot of limbs on during the Civil War. I wish they could have gotten it to the troops. Over the following weeks, Wells used nitrous oxide on 15 of his patients. It worked every time. In, wow. in January 1845, he asked if he could demonstrate his method to specialists in a large amphitheater at Massachusetts General Hospital. The demonstration failed, however. Wells gave too little of the anesthetic to the patient, who woke up during the extraction in intense pain and screaming. <laughs> Whoops. Careful with that dosage, Doc. Members of the audience started shouting humbug, and Wells was disgraced. Oh, they humbugged him. Damn it. So he, so he decided, you know, he's going to be the big breakthrough Nobel Prize. Everybody's going to be talking about me and gather all these doctors and scientists in this big room. You go to yanking the tooth out of the guy, and he starts <laughs> screaming in pain. Well, that reminds me, I mean, it occasionally happened to Bill Gates or uh, or uh, uh, Steve Jobs. They'd Elon come Musk. up for the big presen- presentation. Oh, right, yeah. With the Cybertruck. Right, the this window cannot be broken. <laughs> Smash. <laughs> right. So anyway, this guy was disgraced, and then like just a couple of weeks later, a different dentist did exactly the same thing with the right amount and gets all the credit for anesthesia. But it was this other dentist who just got the dose wrong that one time. The poor wow. guy wakes up screaming in front of the audience. Jesus. Oh, so bad. <laughs> Barbaric. Wow, that's hey! something, though. A co- you said this wouldn't hurt. You <laughs> saw it. But it was a carnival gag. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Anyway, a little further in the book, a little more uh, serious. Uh, Heart transplants. Uh, When they started doing heart transplants, and the the point of this is the history of medical innovations, you know, regularly starts pretty sketchy. But, you know, it's the only way we learn and get better at it. Trial and error, yeah. As recently as 1968... There were only 100 heart transplants performed in the entire world in 1968, and half of those patients died within a month. Wow. In light of that record failure, the number of heart transplants in the entire world dwindled to 16 in 1970 and 17 in 1971. It was all but abandoned as an idea. Now, after continuing to try and get better at it and coming up with the right drugs and techniques, doctors now perform about 23 heart transplants annually in the United States alone, and the average survival rate is 15 years. So as recently as the early 70s, it was almost given up on. From half dead in a month to average 15 years, that's astonishing. Yeah, and uh, 
So you get better at it. But you just don't want to be on the early end of a... Hey, I'm going to pull this tooth out. You won't even feel it. Uh, yeah. All right, right, I'm game. I'm going to try it on him. <laughs> Coming up, the hilarious history of enemas. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to run this tube up you and pump some water in you. No, you're right. not. No, you're not. I'm game. Only you're going to do that before or after you pull my tooth painlessly. <laughs> Only if you can hold me down, you're doing that. Have I, have I told my enema story? Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, I think you have. It was ages ago. Go ahead and retell it. It's not a funny story. Jack's enema story. I don't know. It seems kind of funny to me now. Right after this. No, I. Uh, it's short. Um, I'm in the hospital, and I'm guessing I'm like... 10 years old. I don't know. I'm a little kid. And uh, I'm in the hospital, and uh, I'm by myself. And uh, the nurse comes in and just tells me to roll over. And then she shoves this thing in me and, oh you know, does what an enema is. And I had no idea what was going on or why or if this was uh, or anything. And it was horrifying. Oh. Absolutely horrifying. And I don't know if you've ever had one of these, but it's it's not a pleasant experience before or after it does the job it cleans you out but uh i just i I, i've never forgotten that i can still picture the room i can still picture the person you really ought to give somebody a heads up no matter what their age yeah i'm thinking that's just that that deserves a slapping or something you know i've had things like that happen even you know in, in more modern times where the person that's sent in to do something isn't like given any information they don't. They don't know that the person isn't expect. I, I had that happen just recently with my son. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you doing? I'm here to do the blank. The what now? No, we didn't discuss yeah. this with anybody. We don't have any idea. And if I hadn't been there, they would. The nurse would have just come in and you know, we're doing this. We we thought. I thought I was just told to come down here and do this. You know, it's my assumption as the nurse right. that you sure. have been discussing this with a doctor. Or they've laid the groundwork. So that's one of the reasons you need an advocate all the time, including now. Uh, for that sort of stuff. But yeah, I had no idea what was going on. That was quite the shocking uh, development. Oosh. A surprise enema. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, when you've Normally never... reserved for water skiers. Well, yeah, but if you did it to me now, I, I've heard of an enema. I know what it is. Right. Yes. It, it'd still be kind of shocking. Like, why are we doing this? Did anybody just And why it? have you not bought me dinner? <laughs> but I'd never even heard of it. I didn't know. You know sure. Right. Awful. Anywho, but because of trying that on like a caveman thousands of years ago, or I don't know, a prospector in the 1850s or whatever. Hog seems uncomfortable. Here's what we ought to do. We got better at it over the years, and now it's something I enjoy every night. Um, well, so uh, so a carnival barker ends up introducing anesthesia. Is there anything else that goes on at carnivals that has uh, you know great medical potential? Maybe throwing ping pong balls at goldfish bowls <laughs> cures cancer. I don't know. <laughs> they need to research this. <laughs> what? Hilarious. Armstrong and Getty. We're going to have to engage with booster shots. We're going to have to engage with advice from time to time when we see outbreaks. We're going to have to respond. 
So it's, it's not going to go back to normal. We can't deny that we're going to have to live with COVID. Um, but having those very high vaccination levels will allow us to have more minimal restrictions or more minimal um, public health measures in place as we, as we navigate the future years with COVID. That's a health officer from Australia where they've really got their uh, dirigidus in a bun- bunch over uh, over COVID. We're never going oh, back to normal. They've gone nuts. They've lost their minds in Australia. We're never going back to normal, she says. That's a good message for people. You want to get people motivated to do things. Have the government announce we're never going back to normal. Wow. Um, and is COVID... It's temporary emergency powers. Is COVID the biggest reason for the murder rate? It's almost got to be. So I tweeted out this chart over the weekend that, for some reason, looking at it in chart form was even more amazing than the numbers we gave last week. So the official statistics came out. We had the biggest jump in murders by percentage from 2019 to 2020 ever since they've been keeping track by a lot. You look at the chart. It's not even close. Nice. It's like a roller coaster going up. It's amazing. So it's almost a 30% jump year to year. The previous record was 12% or something like that. I'm sorry. Was that O.J. Simpson commenting on that there? Damn. Oh, boy. Not appropriate. I saw one of the Norm MacDonald O.J. jokes over the weekend from back in the day when he said, This week, Johnny Cochran tried on the hat found at the scene. O.J. interrupted and said, Hey, hey, hey that's my lucky stabbing hat. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Wow. That's dark. I would say. Before we get back into mayhem and murder, I just came across this headline from the Babylon Bee that got an LOL out of me. It's a picture of AOC crying. AOC weeps after learning that voting present doesn't mean she gets presents. Just so dumb and funny. Um, so, ah, back to murder. So, yeah, a huge jump in murders, and everybody's trying to figure out why, right? And as it says in the New York Times, the significant rise in homicides, and significant understates it, 30% one year to another, biggest rise in U.S. history by more than double, probably the biggest jump year to year ever. It's hard to imagine. I mean, because they only go back to 1960, they've been keeping track of it. But, God, when in our, when in our history did we ever jump 30% in murders in one year? Um... Anyway, they, they say the significant rise coincides almost exactly with the 18 months of the COVID pandemic. So, you, you know, it's almost impossible to not connect the two somehow. Several cities uh, have set records. Albuquerque, Memphis, Milwaukee, Tulsa, Des Moines, highest murder numbers ever. The murders are spread out all over the country. That's one of the reasons that makes it more likely that it's a COVID-related thing. It's an attitude thing. Because back in the day when we had high numbers of uh, murders, it was focused on a couple of cities generally. Um, give, give you this, for instance. In 1990, that's when murders were like really high and that we were really cracking down and they started going down. But back in 1990, New York City and L.A. accounted for almost 14% of U.S. murders. So we had a high 14? murder, 14%, New York okay. and L.A. This last year, with the biggest jump ever in U.S. history, 3.8% of the murders were in New York and L.A. So way different. They're spread out all over, across the country, and you got all these rural, white, black, everything. It's just spread out. And why? Everybody's guessing. 
says you know what's here, interesting? I'm looking at the chart, and you can click on it and manipulate it to reflect various crimes, times, uh, you know, years or whatever. And violent crime in general kind of going up and down. Uh, robbery is actually down, all sorts of. But murder, murder is the one thing that just skyrocketed. And they say people losing their jobs or spending too much time alone, uh, uh, huddled up with people in their homes, too many guns available. I, don't know, I always question that one. Um, but I don't know. It's something. There's something going on. It's yeah. it's. We're a complicated beast, human beings. Something about the COVID changed our attitudes enough that we got way, way, way more murders. Hmm. I wonder if they'll ever figure this out. Yeah, yeah, I wonder. Uh, and I've got to believe that a lot of the uh, the trends in governance, like the, we were just talking about Australia, are going to have terrible, terrible unforeseen consequences. I mean, even now you see where people, uh, their attitudes about uh, vaccines are shaped at least partly and significant, uh, significant part by their attitudes about mandates and about being told what to do and the rest of it. And and the government that thinks it's going to get better compliance and a better result out of forcing people to comply, I think is going to be very surprised at the results. Also, if we start putting in policies to try to deal with this increase in murder and we don't know what the reason was, we could end up with some really bad policies. Mm-hmm. If we're just guessing as to what's causing this. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's fall. Leaves back east are turning orange. Yes, it's fall. So if you're fleeing a wildfire this weekend, please take a sweater. <laughs> little California humor there, huh? Hey, now. I get it. Um, dar, what was I going to say? Oh, you know what, Michael? We ought to do. Let's uh, let's play uh, clip number ten again. This is this is this is record-breaking stuff. A sixty-six-yard try. Tucker's kick is on the way. It is good. It's crossbar, and it tumbles through. It is good. Time has expired. Justin Tucker with the longest field goal in NFL history. The hay is in the barn, and it's mayhem on the field. Well, a little ag report there in the midst of the uh, the football. hay is in the barn. Hmm. I mean, is that, the, that guy's signature, uh, we've won? Uh, no, it's got to be the game's over. The work right? day is through? I guess. Does uh-huh. he yell that if they lose? I don't know. So how long was the kick? 66 yards. 66, that's a long way. That's, I'd say it is, please. that's uh, You're on the other side of the field. I mean, like, you're you're practically in your own end zone. Wow. they got to rein in the kickers. Uh, so, uh, welcome to, Michael, I should ask for theme music, whatever you got. This Modern World. <laughs> this Modern World. Just uh, there are a couple of stories that are just kind of emblematic of what's going on now. None of them deserve much attention, but I like this from the Washington Post. Workers are putting on pants to return to the office, only to be on Zoom all day from the office. Yeah. So you finally go back to the office, and you're stuck doing Zoom and, and Snap and Zap and whatever, all those uh, Snatch, oh, Slack, that's what I was thinking of. Meets. Right, you're, you're glued to that stuff all day long, staring at a screen, just in better clothes at the office. I can't believe, like, where I work, or where we work, um, 
there hasn't been anybody really here for uh, 1.75 years. I mean, we're going on two years. Nobody around. That's incredible. I wonder, I wonder if the Cancer Society folks will take down that sign that's been up since March 16th, 2020. Saying, we'll be closed temporarily starting Monday, yeah. March 16th, but yeah. we'll open soon. Will you? Will you? <laughs> Uh, so, uh, beyond the weird experience of being back in the office with no one there, blah, 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 the biggest issue is when two people at the office are in earshot on the same Zoom call. If both people have their microphones on, you get the echo, mm. et cetera, et cetera. It's an unmitigated nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> you need, you need, one gal who's prone to drama. You need better nightmares. <laughs> it made me so crazy the first time I had to deal with it. I was like, this is awful. Why are we doing this? Yeah, well, that's well pretty. I, I, that's what I've said about every meeting I've been to in my entire adult life. Why are we doing this? So it doesn't yeah. have to be on Zoom for that to happen. Working from the office feels essentially the same as what she was doing from home. She occasionally gets a high in the hallway, but that's it, really. Yeah, I know. So I've had a number of people say that, and um, and I've had that feeling with a few things myself of this is exactly the same as I was doing before <laughs> from home. What's the point? Yeah, yeah. But, Jack, it's this modern world. Kids today. Meanwhile, over at the airlines, Delta Airlines is calling for all the carriers to share the names of nut job passengers that cause fracases. They want a, uh, a, a industry-wide list held by the FAA um, so they can be alerted when they got a, a, a guy who likes to fight stewardesses getting on their plane. So question. Which is not a bad idea. The number of people fighting on planes related to the spike in murders or not? Yes, it's got to be. Yeah. Of course, that's mostly about masks. Right. And none of the shootings are probably about masks or very, 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 very few. You know, you can make an argument about generalized angst and uh, resentment and frustration and loneliness and stuff like that. It's hard to prove. I don't feel like I've got it. Now, is it because I've been coming into work every day the whole time? There's an article in the New York Times over the weekend about the people who never stop going to work. I'm one of those people. Um, Outside of a couple of days, um, I've been coming into work the whole time. So, uh, is that why I've... I don't feel like I've got any different angst than normal around covid anyway yeah i don't the mask thing is still wearing me out yeah like i mentioned place it's no problem the next place is totally paranoid even though i've done it a hundred times when i was at the restaurant the other night and we me and the boys had to put on our masks to walk to our table and then took them off in a packed restaurant full of other people with no masks on i thought this is so absurd this is this is teaching my kids to embrace absurdity in a way right, that and I don't o- like. obedience to idiotic uh, authority. You know, and, and that specific act of weird, it's like a religious uh, right. It has nothing to do with science or anything. It's just the idea that s- standing and walking, COVID can strike you. But once you sit down, you're, you're immune. I started, I started for the bathroom, and one of the waitresses stopped me and said, you need to have a mask. Yeah, that's just idiotic. Okay, We're, and, and, I, I mean, I wanted to, but it's not her fault. She's just she's doing what her boss said. Right, her boss is doing what the county said. So you know, who are you going to be mad at? You can go well, talk to the county people. But I did want to say to her in front of everybody. Look how many people hard there are in here, and we're all packed together in this room, and nobody's wearing a mask. 
nobody. What are, there are like 75 people in this room, and right. none of us are wearing a mask sitting down. Make your argument for why I need to put on my mask to walk over there. <laughs> but it's not her fault. But the absurdity of that situation has been mocked and written about by, you know, the New York Times, the Washington Post, like all the alphabet networks. Everybody's aware of the absurdity of it, yet it continues. Yeah, and it, that's not that's not good. I don't think it's a minor thing. I don't think no. it's just no big deal. It's, it's, it's something about, I'm not, uh, you know, as far out there as some of y'all think it's, you know, leading us to be Nazis or whatever, but there's something going on with compliance or hierarchy or something that ain't good. Well, there's absolutely the phenomenon of authority once granted is very, very difficult to retract. And policies once started, the inertia of the thing just keeps them going. Because the safe thing is the status quo. And so it's very difficult to roll it back. I wish I wasn't so busy raising kids. I would like to take this on as a project today, like as a journalist. Call that restaurant and say, I'd like to talk to the manager and say, hey, I'm not mad about this. I just want to know, you know, this happened to me the other night. Nobody's wearing a mask in the entire restaurant as we're seated. Got up to go to the restroom. I got stopped. Uh, is that the directive from you? And then he would say, yeah. And I'd say, who told you you had to do that? And then just follow the story all the way mm-hmm. to the county and then say, okay, I would like the explanation. i just like to hear what they have to say. Well, you're moving past people who aren't in your party and blah, blah, ignoring completely the way oh, the thing circulates. No. You know how restaurants are. I mean, there's just, yeah, they're no. all crowded together in one room. 100%. Yeah. You'd get some bull-ass explanation. I'd like to hear it. It's one of the characteristics of this modern... No, don't bother. So, oh, man, it's too late. Um, the last thing I wanted to mention to you is, and this is so crazy, speaking of um, speaking of humans and, and our foibles, um, German election the other day, there are all sorts of Internet crazes uh, conspiracy theories that are zooming around German social media, email chains, and the rest of it that are just like the American stuff. QAnon is big in Germany, hmm. even though Q was allegedly an American guy and doesn't exist anyway. There's a huge rumor that um, I, I don't have the yeah, name the, in front of me. Well, the the whole point of Q was oh. he had inside information from our government, but it was about a worldwide cabal of pedophiles right 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 the uh there's a this big thing that dominion voting systems remember them mm. are, are rigging the vote in germany they're not even involved they don't have the contract they have no involvement in german elections but all of the, the stuff all the crazy stuff from our election is now being repeated in germany and people are believing it that's interesting yeah it is i, I don't i don't like humans <laughs> um, I like some individual humans very much, but in general, no, not so much. Just crazy. So, uh, well, I, it's kind of long and detailed, but um, some of the stuff, again, doesn't, there's no connection to German elections whatsoever, but it's it's going around like wildfire. A couple of things I read over the weekend that I thought were interesting that fit together. It seems like young women, younger than millennials, Generation X, I guess what it is, Young women have figured out that this whole uh, promiscuity game is not working out for them, that men are taking advantage of that. And, uh, and hey, wait a second, what's going on here? It's kind of a new feminist thing that is actually hearkening back to something more like our parents lived. Anyway, explain that when we come back. I, it, this, this is the first example I can think of in a while where the pendulum might be swinging back 
on something that had gotten extreme. Explain that next. Armstrong and Getty. Joel, correct me if I'm wrong here, but this is this is my take on it before I get into the topic matter. Through, ah, right. For, for a, all of human history, I'm guessing for a large chunk of human history, men took sex whenever they wanted it from women, and there was no society or civilization to really stop that from happening. Then at a certain point, we became civilized enough, and for a long chunk of more recent history, there was a bit of a bargain going on that... Mm, this is all based on the idea that men uh, are much, much more driven to have sex than women are, is my theory. Maybe some of you don't agree with that. but um, Well, I would, I would say it's like all primates. Yeah. The men have to be ready to mate at any time. The, the, fem- the f- males, rather, the females have a completely different reproductive rhythm. And for a lot of uh, recent civilization, that was a power women had over men, and they could kind of bargain in a certain way for getting a certain kind of man who would treat them a certain way for the opportunity to have sex with them. You know, I just some saw Some commitment, this, uh, some treatment, some, some, some thing. Just saw a uh, meme the other day. I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, men are like linoleum tile. If you lay them right at the beginning, you can walk all over them for 30 years. Wow. That was funny. <laughs> Hurtful and accurate. Um, <laughs> and then at some point, a certain kind of feminist came to believe that, no, we can have sex with whoever we want, whenever we want, just like men. And women, some women, or a lot of women, bought into the idea, yeah, that empowers us. And I cool. think the reaction of most men was, all right, awesome, cool. Then I don't have to treat you a certain way or commit to anything, and I get to have sex. Fantastic. And it would seem that a bunch of women have figured this out and say, wait a second, what's going on here? Based on a couple of books that are out. One is a, a novel that was written by Sally Rooney. I don't know if you know her work, but she's written a couple of huge bestsellers about millennials and uh, their lives starting when they were like in high school and then college, and now they're a little bit older in this latest novel. And I thought uh, some interesting things in here, some spoilers if you're going to read the book. The characters, same characters through all the books. It's like reading Harry Potter. Uh, The characters trade in showy declarations of Marxism for a quieter search for meaning. They're deeply curious about religion. Casual sex is critiqued. Commitment holds the most allure. A church wedding is the setting for one of the book's most transcendent moments. A baby even appears. Um, so that is a change. And uh, and um, the idea that the people have given up on that, the characters in her book, but are actually happier that way. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not shocking to a lot of us. But and, and she wrote that from her. That's the way she evaluates where society is going. So then I came across this uh, nonfiction uh, column in the New York Times by Michelle Goldberg, who I believed I called an idiot last week. Uh, She wrote a pretty good column over the weekend, Why Sex-Positive Feminism is Falling Out of Fashion. That's the idea from some feminists that, hey, we get to have sex with whoever we want, whenever we want, too. And some women are saying, well, I'll just read from the article. 
quoting a, um, a college professor here, the warnings of the anti-porn feminists seem to have been belatedly realized by many of my students. Sex for my students is what porn says it is, writes this one professor. In other words, women saying, hey, why is porn getting to dictate what my sex life is going to be? Wow. So instead of trying to please their partner, they're just trying to recreate porn scenes. Right. Interesting. These Gen Z women think sex positivity is overrated, one 23-year-old woman said. It feels like we are tricked into exploiting ourselves. Yeah, that, I think that's exactly right. That's what I thought as I started learning more about whole, the whole hookup culture thing. I thought, okay, this is cool on my end, but I don't understand what you get out of it. Um, <laughs> uh, using new terms for what sounds like old proclivities, the word demisexual, demisexual, which I think I mocked a couple of weeks ago because I didn't fully understand what it meant. I thought it was yet another, you know, of this 57 different kinds of orientations. Sure. Uh, the word demisexual refers to those attracted only to people with whom they share an emotional connection. Well, that's crazy. Before the sexual revolution, of course, many people thought that's what most women were like, because they were. Now an aversion to casual sex has become a bona fide sexual orientation. Demisexuals only have sex with people they have feelings for or who have feelings for them. Seems right. like a pretty good idea. Well, and I don't think it needs to be 100% one or the other. If a woman, a young woman, wants to have a less than fully committed sexual encounter, you know, that's fine. But the idea that, yeah, I'm a slut. I'll lay any guy who looks at me. I'll just, no problem. This is great. This is wonderful. No, that is not the way to satisfy your soul. Well, it's not and working out. I think out, women are figuring that out. It's not working out relationship-wise for the men or the women. In March, Vox's Rebecca Jennings reported on the spread of the cancel porn movement in TikTok. It's just one facet of conservatism, for lack of a better term, that's proliferating on TikTok from rather unlikely sources, she wrote. Young, presumably progressive women who think that what's sometimes called choice feminism caters to patriarchy and male gaze. I think, yeah, I think women... uh um, embracing the whole we're sluts and we're proud of it thing was really catering to what men want and getting nothing in return. Well, yeah, and it's the second part that concerns me, especially as the dad of daughters, that I don't care if men are happy or not per se. I care about whether my daughters are happy and have lives that are, are, are good for them, good for their souls. Um, I, run, I ran out of time. If there's anything else, I got to blah, 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 blah. Perhaps now that the old taboos have fallen, we need new ones, not against sex, but against callousness and cruelty. Um, so anyway, it looks like the pendulum might be swinging back for y some young people toward mm. the way it used to be, you know, 30 years ago. Final thoughts. This Armstrong und Katie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what the hell? I don't know. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. There he is, pressing the buttons, keeping us on the air in the control room. Our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael. Jack, you told that story about getting a surprise enema. I also had a surprise enema, and I never went to that eye doctor again. <laughs> hey, now. Oh, hey, hey, wait a minute. Norm MacDonald joins us. You see what I did there? <laughs> that Young Alex happen. is our behind-the-scenes producer with a final thought. Alex? I don't know how I'm going to top that. Hey, had a great time in Arizona over the weekend, but, you know, I listened to the podcast for Friday, and uh, it seems like Joe forgot that I wasn't here, so yes. <laughs> it's, I'm glad to be back and feel well, so well Your presence is, is quiet and uh, subtle. So I how guess. was the bachelor party on a scale of one to debauchery? Um, 69. There you go. Oh, boy. Um, Jack, a final thought for us? I do have a final thought. Uh, I used all the material 
that I dug up over the weekend for today. So tomorrow is going to be a very thin show. We'll probably play a lot of country hits. Fabulous. <laughs> uh, my final thought, congratulations to the American Ryder Cup team. Absolutely whooped up on the Euros. They'd lost, I believe it was seven of the previous nine we had as a country, but just dominated. Biggest, uh, biggest victory ever in the history of the thing. Uh, yeah, I do have a final thought. Actually, I've been playing a lot of baseball with my son, more than I've played. Well, I hadn't played any baseball at all in like 30 years. Every single day, sometimes twice a day, we get out there and we're even doing batting practice or fly balls or whatever it is. And uh, my arm is surprisingly holding up. I expected to be icing it and in pain, but so far I'm okay. Yeah, good man. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people with thanks a little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Pick yourself up some swag. We got T-shirts and hats and hoodies and you name it. Uh, email us if there's something we ought to be talking about. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Actually, do have some good stuff prepared for tomorrow, and we'll see you then. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. What we witnessed was worse than what we witnessed in slavery. It's true. Pull out bad care. Oh, Lord. Go away. Get. The void we created furthered the confusion. Oh, so. Uh, fall, y'all. Fall, y'all. It's fall, y'all. It's fall, y'all. Shut up. Shut up, up So let's go out with a bang. You said this wouldn't hurt. You <laughs> son of a. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.